The truth will make you free, but first, it will make you miserable. Have you ever been locked out? It's a terrible feeling. Maybe you've locked your keys in the car, or you've shut the front door to your house and you forgot to grab your house key. What do you do in moments like that? Climb through the window? Well, if you're anything like me, Elliot, you tell yourself to calm down and you look for options. You try every door twice. You jiggle the windows. But you eventually come to the painful and annoying realization that you actually need help. The locked door must be opened by somebody else. Now, I've been locked out more times than I care to admit. A number of years ago, before I left the house, I removed Becca's house key from her ring because I was headed to drop off her old car at the mechanic and I would be driving home a loner. And when I returned home, uh, the, the sun had already begun to set, and it was wintertime, so it was dark outside, and I was keyless. And I waited outside for 41 minutes, <laughs> locked out. Becca was upstairs giving baths, brushing teeth, reading bedtime stories to our kids, totally oblivious to her shivering, cold husband outside whose frustration was mounting by the minute. She didn't hear my knocks on the door. I tried the back door, the front door. I went to the window. It didn't budge, right? I might have even, no, I definitely kicked the door out of frustration. Do you know how frustrating it is to be on the side door right across from the um, driveway and to be ringing the doorbell and just nobody comes downstairs? Nobody lets you in. And then I would call back a cell phone and I could see it right there on the kitchen counter on vibrate, just zzz, zzz, zzz. Ah! So I eventually went to the front of the house and I saw the bathroom light on where the kids brushed their teeth. And there was Becca, her silhouette, and she was brushing one of the kids' teeth. And so I did what any self-respecting human would do. I began jumping up and down in the front yard and whistling. I can't whistle now. You get it, right? Hey, hey, finally, Becca turned and she looked out the window and our eyes locked. And so I thought, okay, here's my chance. I ran back to the side door thinking she's coming down to let me in and I waited there another 15 minutes. She later told me that when she looked out the window, all she saw was darkness. I thought she saw me. <sighs> or there was that time when Brianna was only three years old, that I threw a load of laundry down into our basement in our old Cape Cod 1932 house. And that basement door had all sorts of deadbolts and latches on it. And I ran down to throw in the load of laundry and I hear that door slam shut and Brianna's little fingers latch the deadbolt. I was locked in our basement for three hours until Becca came home from work 
and opened the basement door. And when she opened that basement door, I not only ran out of the basement, I ran out of the house shouting, freedom! It was terrifying. There were glass uh, block, the the windows, the, what do they call Glass block windows in the basement. There was no way out. I didn't have my cell phone. And poor three-year-old Brianna was on the other side of that door crying the whole time. I couldn't knock the door down. It would fall on her. I know that I need to start saving now for her future therapy sessions because of that moment. (laughs) In today's gospel, Jesus says to his disciples, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. free. This is good news, amen? But what's fascinating is that these words, they offend the disciples. Did you catch that in the reading? The Jews who had come to believe in Jesus, those that were now following him, that were in on his ministry, that wanted more of what he had to offer, they weren't excited. There was no hallelujah, freedom when he said these words. They were annoyed, offended. The disciples respond with a, what do you mean? What are you saying about us, Jesus? Think about it. By offering them freedom, Jesus implies that they are in bondage. Theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously equated a prison cell to the Christian life. For he said it's there that one recognizes the door to freedom has to be opened from the outside. The truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. Let's be honest, it's downright painful for us to admit that we have a need We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We can go through the majority of our lives turning doorknobs, knocking on windows, and looking for the spare key to the house. But truth reminds us that these are failed endeavors. The doorway to our freedom has to be opened by somebody else. And it's no wonder that the truth then makes us miserable and defensive. What do you mean, Jesus? I don't need any help. I'm just fine. I can pick myself up by the bootstraps and dust myself off. I can just march forward. I can figure it out all by myself. But truth, truth reminds us that we are broken. Truth offers us humility. Whether we are in high school, junior high, or the second half of life, we know the truth about ourselves. Our lives are never as exciting as our Facebook posts or Instagram reels would indicate. And we are never quite as qualified as our resumes make us sound. Humility and honesty surrounding our brokenness is not exactly something our our culture celebrates. Who here really wants to admit the truth? The last time I went to the Department of Motor Vehicles to renew my license, 
You know that little thing they make you look in on the counter to check your eyesight? They said, we, we need to re- renew this. And I didn't have my contacts or glasses. I, I'd actually never wear contacts. I'm terrible about taking care of my eyes. And so I was nervous. And I'm squinting into that little thing. And, and I'm trying to read the numbers correctly. And I come up from it. And the lady behind the counter says, do you need glasses in order to drive? And I said, no. And she said, are you still 185 pounds? And I said, yeah. I haven't been 185 pounds in years, folks. If we can't tell the truth about the little things in our lives, Lord knows we have a hard time telling the truth about the big things in our lives. We would rather pretend to have life all figured out We try to hide our insecurities, our brokenness, our doubts, and the sneaking self-awareness that maybe, just maybe, Jesus is actually right, that we are in bondage. I've come to believe that we are in bondage to our appearances, and we neglect to see our created inherent beauty. We are in bondage to doing, striving, achieving, proving. And we struggle with just being present. We are in bondage to all of our material possessions. And Lord knows we hoard more than we need. We are in bondage to fear. And we live with a crippling and unhealthy suspicion of our neighbor's. We are in bondage to so many defense mechanisms that we're so good at deploying. And we struggle to see the truth about ourselves. Scripture puts it really simply. We are in bondage to sin, to brokenness, and we cannot free ourselves. And facing this truth is vitally important. Not so that we live with perpetual shame and agony, wallowing guilt, It's important because it helps us recognize our need to be set free. And freedom only ever feels like freedom when you are in touch with the things that hold you captive. Songwriter and poet Leonard Cohen put it this way. And Jesus was a sailor when he walked upon the water. And he spent a long time watching from his lonely wooden tower. And when he knew for certain only drowning men could see him, he said, all will be sailors then until the sea shall free them. Theologian David Lowe says it best, the truth of the son, the truth that makes you and me free, the truth at the heart of the 95 theses, which Luther nailed to the church door at Wittenberg, the truth of the reformation that we remember today and celebrate is that we are broken, sinners, God's fallen, sometimes flailing, regularly confused, and always imperfect children. From birth all the way to death, we are sinners that no amount of indulgences or good works or good intentions or makeup or manicured lawns can redeem. But here is the second truth that finally starts to sound like good news. We are also those people who are simultaneously God's beloved children. 
We are those people who God calls blessed and holy and perfect. We are those people for whom Christ died. And we are those whose futures are not determined by our regrets and our mistakes, but by the possibility created through the resurrection. We are those sinners whom God loves above all else. We are not perfect, and thank goodness we do not have to be in order to be loved. But it's hard to trust that we are really loved, let alone experience the freedom that comes from knowing you are loved if we're not first honest. So perhaps the best way for us, Good Shepherd, to celebrate the Reformation is not to celebrate it at all, but rather to repeat it. To remember both halves of Paul's mighty words. First, the difficult truth that all have sinned and fallen short in order to hear the good news that all are now justified by God's grace as a gift. For here is a truth that can set us free. And it's a truth that has the capacity to change lives, to change the church, to change the world. At our 11 o'clock service, we will have young adults who are stepping forward in their faith to affirm what God did in their baptism. But this weekend, confirmation, reformation is not a celebration just for those eight that will gather up front. It's an opportunity for each of us to reaffirm, rededicate, and remember our baptismal promises. And so as we continue in this covenant, as we repeat the Reformation, may we be emboldened to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and to share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of Christ through word and deed, to serve all people, following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. And this morning, if you hear anything, hear this. The door to freedom has already been opened for you. For if the Son has set you free, well, then you are free indeed. May you, Good Shepherd, cling to your faith in the crucified and risen Lord. May you know today and every day that God loves you, and I do too. Amen.